Hi there. Welcome to Digging for Something. I am your host, JJ, and uh, this is episode number three. It's been a few days since the uh, last Father's Day episode. Uh, kind of been a little bit busy, but uh, I am back here again to uh, kind of go over some, uh, some some things that I've seen on the news or online um, or on TV in different places. Um, going to probably cover a few topics today and uh, try to keep it interesting and uh, not get uh, overly emotional or political. We are probably going to be touching on some uh, politics today. Um, hope you enjoy the show. First, first topic I'd like to cover is there's been a lot of uh, hoopla surrounding the the uh, the rally in Tulsa for our president uh, Donald Trump. Now, there's been a lot of I guess criticism of having the rally in the first place since uh, we're still under the the various quarantines from uh, COVID. And um, it's still haven't been given the kind of clear to have uh, large gatherings, though we, we see there are large gatherings taking place. But um, this is uh, probably particularly frowned upon because it is actually indoors as well. And they were expecting a very large crowd. Um, doesn't matter who the candidate is, it's going to be a large crowd because if uh, if it's the the final two, obviously they they're going to have um, their people, their supporters. So no matter who the last two are, it's going to be a large crowd. But then came the actual rally, and what happens? It's uh, pretty empty, and um, of course there was a. a a lot of uh, reasons that were circulating, whether it was COVID, um, people were afraid um, that his support has been waning lately and uh, people just kind of wanted to stay away because it was just um, a situation that uh, they didn't want to be part of because it was going to be protests and um you know, it's, it's, it's very hot button, very polarizing. So uh, it was thought people were just staying away because of it. But then then came uh, news that those who do not support him um, were, were pretty much rigging the ticket requests and um, were bombarding it because obviously not everybody who wants a ticket can get a ticket. So you, ba- you basically make a request and see if you get it from what I understand. And um, if you have people just creating requests and they're, they are given tickets, but yet they don't show up, basically those are seats that are unoccupied by supporters. Now, without getting political, uh, I have a little bit of a problem with this. Um, and it really comes down to when people have their own thoughts and beliefs, and they infringe upon others. Whether you're a supporter or you're not a supporter, uh, if you are a supporter and you want to attend, you have every right to attend, just because there are people who are do not support, doesn't mean they can try to get in the way of those who do. It's um, 
it's infringing on other people's rights. It's because I'm right, you're wrong, so you can't go. Um, you know, who who made these people the the the, the juries, the judges on, on who can go and who why or you know, if if it's against my belief then people shouldn't be allowed to go. It just this is not the country we live in. Everybody has a right, if it's legal, um, to to support, to do, to attend anything they want. And we're all, we're in this time, of course, where there's opinions and social media blows everything, and then uh, all the all the credits that's that's being given to those who who say yes, yeah, good for you to keep uh, get those tickets, get those ticket requests out there, those hundreds of thousands to block people from attending. Um, you know, this is our political process, and rallies are part of the political process. Um, and if you don't support you know, the easiest way to show that is vote. Doesn't matter who who you like, but vote. Don't block others. If I don't care if it's Joe Biden, if he has a rally and there's ticket requests, I I would hope Trump supporters would not, you know, go through the same use the same tactics and try to block people from going because people have the right to attend. It is legal they should be able to attend. There is nothing wrong with it. If you disagree, you disagree, vote. It, we have a political process that takes place in this country. Everybody has a vote. Well, not, not everybody, obviously, if you're a certain age and um, you haven't had that privilege taken away um, for um, you know, there's various reasons you can have it taken away, but we won't get into that topic now. Um, but that is the way to show your support or your disdain from somebody for somebody. And it, uh, it shouldn't have to result in this. And those who, who celebrate, uh, the, the perpetrators of this ticket rigging, uh, scheme, um, they, they shouldn't be because once again, uh, it doesn't matter who the candidate is. They, they have the right to have their people at their rallies. Um, and, uh, one of those who actually supported what took place was AOC, the famous New York representative. Um, obviously, she's progressive, leans towards some socialist ideas, and she was a supporter of Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders was a candidate who probably has less support than Donald Trump. He is not even a Democrat. He's an independent who, for some reason runs as a Democrat and is supported by Democrats, even though he's not a Democrat. And he has very, very socialistic um, thoughts and um, a platform that he wants to run on. Now, many Democrats are not that far, um, you know, extreme as far as their views. Um, I think like Republicans, Democrats, most are, are towards the middle and can uh, can be identified as moderates. But if Bernie Sanders had a rally, they should be allowed to attend, whether I agree, you agree, my next door neighbor agrees or not. Um, they have their supporters and we should not censor people from expressing their support for somebody. 
um, for somebody in the House of Representatives to applaud what took place, you're basically applauding interference in a political process. Now, uh, from what I read, fans of K-pop, K-pop is, uh, I guess, Korean pop music industry, which is obviously foreign. You know, their fans supposedly had a big hand in, in what took place. Now, I'm not going to say Korea had a hand in this, but, you know, this is something where you you don't want to have it perceived where um, an outsider is infiltrating, manipulating our political or uh, electoral process. Um, isn't that how Russia supposedly started? They they were able to get into our data and um, kind of manipulate things and supposedly ha- have a hand in and um, Donald Trump getting elected. Now, whether they did or didn't, that's that's not an argument right now. But that was always um, a topic and uh, something that was never shaken and pushed. This is no different. We're we're allowing pe- those to infiltrate and manipulate our electoral process, and that's not something that no matter what side you stand on. Well, should be supporting, and I don't, I don't expect our elected officials to be supporting things of this nature. So it's it's disappointing when you see that. Um, I hope, which I know it's not going to happen. I hope this does not continue, and I hope, no matter who has a rally or a gathering, um, the conventions, whatever, uh, may take place, whether it's. On Trump's side, Biden's side, that uh, this continues because it really, it's it's infringing on our process and our personal thoughts and who we support. And this is a country. This is not China. So, um, or another communist country where things get censored and twisted and leaning because one a mass of people to kind of go one direction. And that is not how, how this country was built and that's not how how we should kind of proceed or even consider giving some credence to it. And uh, hopefully it stops and we shall see. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about voting. Vote, 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 no matter who you're, you're in favor of, vote. Uh, every vote counts. And doesn't matter if uh, you think it's just one vote. It, it is your voice. Use it. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't have 100% of people voting, and we never will. And um, it's a little bit of a shame, but, you know, if we can get a good percentage and, um, you know, let, let uh, each person have their say. And uh, there's many months before we get to to utilize our voice and vote, but um, you know, let's uh, let's respect everybody's choice, everybody's opinion, um, and not let politics kind of destroy this country, destroy our relationship, because at the end of the day, it's it's not worth it, and uh, 
Um, yeah, the election is what will speak for everybody. Um, now, segueing into that, into another topic that uh, is polarizing, but there there's strong opinions both sides. Though on one side, it's a very very small group of people have a strong opinion, and that is the Confederate flag. Now, obviously, the Confederate flag kind of stands for the South um, during the Civil War period. And what the Confederate flag stands for, you know, it's kind of depending who you ask. Um, but, you know, unlike our Stars and Stripes or our state flags, Confederate flag really has no official meaning currently. So those who choose to display it are displaying it either because they just grew up having it or there have particular views that went back to those days that maybe they wish um you know things still took place like they did back then but either way um, the confederate flag is is something that probably should no longer um, be displayed and um so I, I know some states um kind of had it more, I guess, visible than um, other more, I guess, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, not liberal, but more open. And um, you know, Mississippi has always been one that's always kind of looked as, as the last state of the South, kind of, where... Um, they kind of still were backwards in many ways. And uh, the Confederate flag is still part of their state flag. And there is a, a big movement to try to remove it from the state flag. And of course, yes, you're changing a, a big part of a state. Now, when it comes time to arguing, should it be done or should it not be done? Really, you have to look at the pros and cons of both. At and the pros is what history, um, I guess maybe culture, um, maybe it's just the way things have been. Um, but really, there's not much to it. Now, obviously, the cons against it is is what it stands for for a lot of people. The time it's it kind of references. Um, the kind of division it represents, uh, you know, it, the connotation of that flag is is not very good for for most people, and it probably is time to kind of you know wash our hands from it, and um, we we're no longer the North and South, we're we're one country, so there's really no reason to display a flag for a kind of a land that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, you know, it. those who, who, who display it either on their cars or at their homes, uh, typically are Caucasians. I mean, I don't want to go ahead and use demeaning um, terms, but 
southern Caucasians, and for many of them, it's it's almost more important to them than the American flag. And, uh, you know, it's, to me, it's not a good enough reason to hold on to it. Um, I think as a country to move forward, we, we need to kind of rid ourselves of things that keep us in the past. And what that flag represents is really a not very good part of our history and our past. Um, so we need, we should cleanse ourselves from that. Um, the only way to unite as one is to, to get rid of the things that separate us into our different groups. Now, NASCAR is, is a, is a sport that many people do not like, do not understand. Um, and I kind of equate it to soccer. Growing up in this country, it's all, I hate soccer, I hate soccer. Even though it was the number one sport in the world, you kind of grew up hating it. And, oh, there's no scoring, there's this, there's that. But really, when you sit and watch a soccer game, it's easy to get into it. Um, You know, just like any other sport, you have good games and you have boring games. Um, but if you give it a chance, you can actually enjoy it. And I think NASCAR is the same way. Now, yeah, it's, it's, it's cars going round and round and round and round and round for hours, hours and hours. Um, you know, some people will enjoy it for the accident. It's just like some people watch hockey for fights and, uh, you know, it's just part of the sport. It is. And if that's what people like, you know, you know who are we to judge? But if, Everybody gave it a chance. It, it would gain a lot of fans. However, um, it wasn't always the most inclusive sport. And having the Confederate flag so so popular, actually. I mean, it really, you kind of, you, you they kind of went um, together. You know, you expected to see Confederate flags at NASCAR events. Um, and it's hard to be a diverse, inclusive sport when you have a flag like that. And finally, it was banned. Um, though some people will say, oh, it's about time. It took forever, blah, 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 blah. But at the end, it was done. Um, and it would have been done sooner. But the people who are criticizing that it took so long didn't raise a stink about it for all these years either. So, um don't criticize if you didn't uh, take part in trying to rid the sport of the flag. So um, they are finally getting rid of it. Not um, You're not allowed to display that flag. And um, they have worked on making the sport more inclusive. And, and maybe this will go the, kind of the extra mile to, to kind of get more people of, of various backgrounds to be NASCAR fans. Um, and the, there is a black driver, uh, Bubba Wallace. Now, uh, it's kind of tough being the only one on a circuit and, and basically have to kind of take the lead and (laughs) being the only one to take the lead to, to kind of, you know, usher in a more diverse 
um, era for that sport. Um, and, you know, he's, he's done well. And it looks like a lot of the drivers, a, a lot of the teams have really gotten behind him. And, um, you know, when you have a movement like this, you don't, it's, it's hard to go out there and say, oh yeah, let's, you know, look at these white people uh, helping out here, helping out there. Oh yeah. Because really then the focus becomes about the white people doing it instead of the black people who are suffering and things like that. But in this case, that's all the sport is right now. I mean, yeah, you have, you have, um, I believe Brad Doherty is part of a, uh, a team, um, owning a team. Uh, he was an NBA player, but you don't really have uh, anything um, darker than pale on, in that sport. But, you know, they've really kind of, many of the drivers have gravitated towards uh, this issue and has, have really supported not only Bubba Wallace, but um, the the movement as well as the the work to make the sport more inclusive as well as um, kind of re- removing the things that made it the old boy sport. Um, you know, do, are we going to have a series of black drivers in the next year or two? No, obviously. It, it takes time. Everything takes time. But like any other sport, um, the, the more you're inclusive, the more you increase your fan base to include people of all backgrounds, um, it trickles down to those kids. And then the kids are the ones who are going to, to be the stars of the future. So um, it, it really takes starting to, to get those uh, new fans. And then once you get the new fans, you know, the future will look much brighter as, as far as um, inclusivity and, and diversity in that sport. Um, and uh, it will be in our lifetime. So uh, I do look forward to that day of um, having a much more diverse and and kind of, you know, sport where you have many different stories. It's not just um, a particular area uh, where the drivers came from, where you, you, know, you can have um, I mean, we've had, I think, a few women, Danica Patrick and um, the other woman, her name is escaping me, but uh, we even had women take up uh, NASCAR driving. Um, but it, it's a sport where it's it's been mostly <laughs> uh, white males who have held on to their car seats for a very long time. Uh, it's not like uh, running back in football where you have a seven-year shelf life. Uh, you're you're behind that wheel for for decades. And um, as far as NASCAR, it's not about winning everything. Uh, it's if you're in the top ten consistently, you know you're a top driver. So um, to kind of break through that and and being able to kind of um, get in that circuit and become a driver it's it's not easy it it takes time um you have to pay your dues in in the lower circuits um sometimes like in business it's not what you know it's who you know so um we you know we have we'll just have to give it time and uh and years from now we may go back and 
and say this was the moment where NASCAR changed and became uh, that inclusive sport like many other sports in this country. And uh, there's going to be some who may never watch it again because they can't uh, display their precious flag. Well, so be it. It happens. Um, You know, if you can't be open enough, then, you know, you're not needed. Um, We lose one, but let's gain 10. So for every one we lose, let's let's try to just build those uh, numbers. Um, And it's just another sport that's fighting for for viewers and fans and things like that. But uh, it is an interesting sport to watch. And the thing about it is unlike basketball or football or, or baseball or soccer, where any novice can go out there and I'm not saying do it well, but can do it. You know, everybody, uh, you know, everybody drives a car. It, uh, so everybody can relate to being behind that wheel. Um, you know, very few know how it is to to hit a 95-mile-per-hour fastball or shoot a three-pointer with somebody running at you who's 6'9 with uh, very long arms as the clock is ticking or catch a pass with when you're about to get hit. Yeah, nobody can relate to that, but uh, most of this country drives and can drive in traffic and know the difficulty sometimes in, in driving and then to see how these guys are driving, um, you know, you can relate to it. So let's, let's hope more people kind of give it a chance and see that uh, they are working to, to kind of open themselves up and, um, and, uh, 10 years from now, um, hopefully we'll be looking at a, a different sport, a much more open, uh, diverse group of drivers. Um, kind of go into another sport, um, although not an athlete per se, but uh, an athlete's, I guess, uh, child. Muhammad Ali Jr. came out um, sometime this week and kind of criticized the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the protests, um, stating that his father would not be in favor of all the protests that are taking place, um, that his father uh, did not believe, would not believe that it's just uh, exclusive to Black Lives Matter, that White Lives Matter, Chinese Lives Matter, everybody's lives matter. Um, now, apparently... Muhammad Ali Jr. and his father kind of had a strange relationship, a strained relationship, especially at the end. So it's really hard to say whether what is, um, if his comments are true or not regarding Muhammad Ali. Um, but this is somebody who obviously knew Muhammad Ali and uh, knew kind of the inner workings and kind of his beliefs and things like that. So um, it's easier to take his word for it than somebody who's never met Muhammad Ali or maybe met him towards the end of his life when uh, he was really really struggling with Parkinson's. But, you know, regardless, uh, his, Muhammad Ali Jr.'s comments were were probably uh, eye-opening for many. Um, Many probably choose not to believe in, and he 
definitely took a his fair share of criticism regarding that and um some uh, of course social media everybody has a comment and um nobody wants to respect anybody but uh some people decided to call him names and things like that others say he knew nothing about his father and uh came up with quotes from his father but we really don't know uh is it is it unbelievable that oh what his son said is true no um Muhammad Ali was a political activist and was somebody who who um voices opinion whether it was kind of agreed by the masses or not so for it wouldn't be difficult to believe that Muhammad Ali would say that the Black Lives Matter movement is racist because it it um it only kind of uh, isolates one group of people and his beliefs were always that he wanted everybody to be equal uh he didn't not want to isolate uh one specific race um obviously there are uh, you know, there were many speeches many press conferences um, many interviews that he gave that um you know were kind of maybe not graphic but um not for all ears but he spoke the truth or his truth at least um and a lot of what he had to say was very true very poignant and um uh, relevant and important and needed to be said so he was a great leader regarding that and who knows maybe he would have been critical of this movement and said um that we should not single out only blacks to you know that black lives matter um we'll never know for sure but he wouldn't be the only black american who would say that but um and if it was true it shouldn't tarnish his legacy at all anyway um he definitely wouldn't stand for the looting and the violence um the things that that um deflect from the actual message that needs to be given um because what the looting deflects it and pushes people to their side so yeah i am fairly confident he would he would stand up to the looting and the violence um and his son definitely believed that um now his son also stated that uh, Muhammad Ali would have been a Trump supporter. And, of course, nobody can believe that because, you know, uh, uh, here is this political activist. Um, how can he be a Trump supporter? Well, it's not too far-fetched. Um, although he supported Jimmy Carter in the 70s, who's as liberal as you can get, uh, when Ronald Reagan was uh, up for re-election, Muhammad Ali supported Ronald Reagan. Um, who was very conservative. Um, obviously, he's, he's not Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump is in a in a world all of his own. But um, he did support Ronald Reagan. Um, you know, at a time where Ronald Reagan only got you know single digits um, uh, with the black vote, and 
so to say that Muhammad Ali would would be a Trump supporter, um, you can't re- you can't really kind of dispute it, you know, for sure. Saying no, he wouldn't. I mean, let's be honest, Kanye West. Who would have ever thought Kanye West would have been a Trump supporter, wearing a "Make America Great Again" hat, going to the White House, basically defiantly supporting him. Um, but Kanye West, in many ways, was like Muhammad is like Muhammad Ali, where they will do what they believe. They will say what they believe. Doesn't matter if the mass believes it or not. They're 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 leaders, not followers. Um, they they would make sure that their thoughts, their opinions, are their own. They're not running with the sheep and uh, just agreeing or being part of a movement or a party or supporting just because uh, those like them uh, support it. So it's it's not far-fetched. I mean, Kanye West called out George Bush uh, after Hurricane Katrina um, in not a very diplomatic way. And so after that, who would have thought he would have been a Trump supporter? But for some reason, he is. And um, even though he kind of gets vilified for it every now and then, um, some people want to question his mental health because of it. But at the end, at the end of the day, it's just he he's going to do what he believes. And if you don't agree with it, that's on you. That's not on him. So uh, to say that Muhammad Ali would be a Trump supporter, it's possible. Um one thing about Donald Trump is he he will listen to people and he invites people to the White House. Um, even Kanye West's wife, Kim Kardashian, who has always been kind of been on the other side of uh, the political spectrum, but Donald Trump uh, listened to to her cause and and supported it. So. Um, you never know about Muhammad Ali. And uh, I'm sure there'll be people who say, never, never, blah, 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 blah. You know, just, you know, just because in their mind, he shouldn't. But once again, that's their mind. Um, to be a leader, you go against a, the, the kind of um, the mob mentality and you go with your true beliefs. So with that in mind, it is possible. Um, I guess we'll never know. But it does it does provide good material to discuss. And um, those who could actually discuss it without getting passionate and listen. But it is, it's good talking points. Hey, and, you know, it gets clicks on the internet. And that's what, I, I think that's what I what it's all about just like yeah hopefully it would get me a listener or two uh so i discuss it or i may discuss it just because i read it and then needed something to talk about but either way um yeah like most things in life it's it's good to discuss with other people and and have um good dialogue and have um opposing viewpoints to kind of discuss things you know, respectfully and uh, not 
with some of the comments that I read. Um, so, as far as Muhammad Ali, what his son says, hey, if his son says it, okay, good enough for me. Whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. Because tomorrow there'll be another story anyway. <laughs> well, actually, today there's so many other stories. Um, it's really hard to kind of narrow down a list to talk about just because there's so much to read and um, uh, today there's so many options there's I mean I'm just another podcast on a land of thousands of podcasts Um, so there's podcasts to listen to radio shows TV shows uh, Twitter Instagram uh, YouTube uh, online um, um, journals, uh, so many different things where you can get information from, and you know, so much. It's it's really we're in the age of information overload, uh, and one of the problems with it is just what do we believe? It just it, it's it's not even journalism anymore. It's you know, you know, I'm I'm one of them, just giving opinions. It's just so much opinions out there, but. Um, um, you know, no matter what people say about Muhammad Ali Jr., hey, he he spoke his mind. He spoke what he thinks is true. So we um, you know, we have to give him credit for that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, and it's kind of a subject that kind of bothers me a little bit. And now it's we're in the cancel culture or cancel, um, cancel club, or cancel this, or cancel that, um, because somebody said something 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, or did something 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, and there are people who go back and, and search for something to, you know, to bring somebody down, um, and, you know, the past week or so, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, um, they have been brought up as you know people who committed um, offensive acts. Uh, now, one of the problems is with comedy. Comedy from is offensive when you think about it. You know, go back to as uh, you know decades and decades and decades ago. Uh, comedy is offensive to some people because you know a lot of it is based on truth, a lot is based on stereotypes. But, you know, it's taking these things and making them funny. And sometimes it goes over well, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people get offended. Um, but, you know, if somebody did a comedy skit that somebody found offensive 15 years later, you know, why are we going to go back and say, Jimmy Kimmel, let's, let's, let's cancel his show because he did blackface. Now, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit it. I, Never understood why blackface is offensive. Who cares? It's it's just playing a character. To me, it didn't make sense where why it was offensive. Now I did some reading about it and um, kind of opened my eyes. And you know, it was very offensive at you know in, in the early nineteenth or twentieth century, um, the way blackface was used. It was used to the mean and kind of make fun of, of uh, black people. Um, 
you know, to, to kind of laugh at their expense. And so I kind of understand now why it is offensive to many people. Um, I think one of the problems is not that not everybody's educated on it and understands why it's offensive. It's just like, oh, they did blackface. Um, uh, I'm one of those who didn't understand it. And I kind of understand it now. Um, I'm also, I'm somebody who looks at intent. So if somebody does it now, what is their intent? Is their intent to play a character or to be demean? If it's to play a character, you know, some people might find it offensive, but if the mass majority find it offensive, then it probably shouldn't be done. Um, but at the time they did it, nobody raised a stink. So we raised a stink about it 15 years later um, and we condemn them now. No, nobody should be defined by the lowest moment. And I say this all the time. We all have done things we're not proud of. And we've all done things somebody might find offensive. Nobody is perfect. So to find that one thing Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon did or said or somebody else and say, okay, we got to get rid of them because of one thing they did many years ago and what and their intent, what, it, there was no malice in their intent. You know, who are we to say they... They, they should be canceled, fired, or whatever. Um, you know, how far are we going to go back as well? Um, you know, different times. You know, 30 years ago, to demean gay people, uh, trans people, drag queens, it was, it was not a big deal. Yeah, obviously, looking back, that was wrong. Because, you know, to demean anybody, any group of people is wrong. Um, but it was more accepted. Now, just because it was more accepted doesn't make it right. Um, and we know that. We've all evolved as people and, and uh, as kind of our, our humanity. Um, now, if somebody goes back and says, look, I did it. It was a time. People agreed to it. So we did it. Yeah, looking back, I, you know, and they're sincere. I apologize for it. We need to accept and let it go. There's no reason to hold on to it, um, you know, because we can go back. I remember going to see Eddie Murphy Raw in the '80s. Once again, I'm showing my age, and yeah, he he definitely played with stereotypes and and said things that could be offended um, or offensive to some people. and But it was to get laughs. And some of it was even, you know, of himself or people he knew. And we can't go back in and kind of tear apart every single routine to find that one thing that could be offensive, especially with comedians. You know, comedians try. And sometimes their jokes fail. Sometimes they succeed. But how far are we going to go back? And if somebody is is sincere with their apology and their regret, oh, we are human. We we accept the apology and move on. 
And you know, one thing, or I guess it's, it's, I guess it's something I like to say, and I'm not saying I invented this, though I don't know if I've got it from anybody, but um, I've said this a few times that good people do bad things and bad people do good things. But at the end, we have to, we, we should always resort to what that person is. Yeah, Ten Bundy, um, the, uh, the 9-11 terrorists, um, the people who've done real evil, either in this country or to the world, you know, they've done good things. I'm sure they've helped people. Um, they've, they did good, they've done, they've done good things, but at the end, they're still bad people. And we can't forget that. Um, you know, Ted Bundy, he was put to death because he was a bad person who did bad things. Um, he was an evil person. Now, just because he might've done good in jail and educating people, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact of who he is, what he's done. Bad people do good things, but in the end, they're still bad people. Uh, but more importantly, good people do bad things. Most of us on this earth are good. And all of us have done something bad or something we regret. Uh, and at, at the end, or as I saw on this time, or this line, but I use it all the time, but... Um, at the end of the day, they're still good people. Just because they did something wrong, we forgive. Our kids, they do something wrong all the time, and we forgive them, and we still love them. Um, if somebody, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is somebody who is very vocal about his disdain for the president and um, about um, racial equality and things like that, you know, he's done so many good things, and to me, he's a good person just because he might have done something bad, you know, 15 years ago when things were a little different. doesn't change the fact that he's a good person. And we need to appreciate and look at the person for who they are, not for the one thing they did that we can say was wrong because we've all done it. We're human. We're flawed. Nobody is perfect. Um... What is it? To err is human, to forgive is divine. Um, we have to let it go because those who want to cancel this person or cancel that person, uh, their, their closet's not clean. Uh, many of them probably have done worse than the people they're calling to be canceled or fired. And so we, we do have to understand that people make mistakes. And if they are accountable for their mistake or recognize they've done something wrong, move on. You know, if they keep repeating it, that's another story. Um, you know, I know Kevin Hart had a um, had some controversy with comments he made, I believe, about gay people. Um, and he wound up not doing the Oscars. And it just kept going and going. And the thing about it is, you know, just like Kevin Hart, he grew up at a time where you said things and you looked at things and you were uneducated about things. And um, But for the most part, he's pretty much been clean. Yeah, he, yeah well, I guess uh, he had some infidelity issues, but still. 
Um, should Kevin Hart be, you know, kind of given a scarlet letter for the rest of his life because of things that he's already said were, you know, were comments that he made were wrong. Okay. And he's worked to make amends with it. So forgive and let go or accept and let go. So let, let's stop this cancel culture. Um, it's not productive. It's, it's, we don't want to lose good people, good talent for the mistakes that they made, especially when they've already taken accountability for it and are trying to kind of, you know, move past it and, and do better and, and support things that kind of are, are, um, important and, and mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, no reason to take away somebody's platform. Um, and of course, it's going to continue just because that's the way society is right now. It's the cancel boycott society. Um, but, uh, you know, let's hope cooler heads prevail and we we become more accepting and and forgive people for whatever errors they made. You know, we're not talking about a Harvey Weinstein or something like that, but what somebody did in a comedic sketch years ago that nobody made us think about, but you know, 15 years later, oh, let's uh, let's make us think about it now. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a statute of limitations on 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 this. Uh, if there is, if there isn't, maybe we should set one, just because you know. There's always going to be something to be found, and um, it wastes a lot of time, and um, it could ruin people. It could ruin good people for no good reason. So, hopefully, move past this, and and uh, the the ones who are more reasonable will kind of overpower the ones who just want to cause a stink. Well, um, with that. I'm going to put a wrap to this episode. Once again, this is episode number three for uh, episode number three, uh, Digging for Something. I am JJ, the host. Um, We'll we'll come back in a few days with some more topics. Um, We'll see if I regurgitate any other ones, but um, I thank anybody who's listening. I hope you did get something out of this episode and uh, you want to continue listening. Uh, I thank you and uh, you'll be hearing from me soon.